We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday two, uh, Tuesday two five. <laughs> it's, it's always like a good Lord one. of the Rings thing, man. Yep. Um, Tuesday take five. It's a Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin, as always. And week six is almost in the books, man. We've got a, a a fun game going on Monday Night Football between Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers as we're recording here. But that's not the purpose of this show. We're giving you the top five performances across each position uh, up through Monday Night Football. And we're going to break it down using the Rotoviz advanced metrics, see what drove those fantasy performances uh, to the top of the heap. We got some really interesting names popping up here, a couple that you would expect as always, and then a couple that you maybe wouldn't. So some things that we'll do if, if you're new to this format, we might look at the upcoming strength of schedule for some of these players. You know, are there, are there things that would cause us to believe that, you know, this quarterback might be a good streamer for the next couple of weeks or, uh, this surprise wide receiver might be able to repeat in the top five uh, for uh, a, a, another couple of weeks. Maybe you can get past an injury at another position, et cetera. So we're going to review the advanced metrics, but we're also going to look at some of the practical application tools just for managing your fantasy team. So it looks like Dave is getting set up there with the screen share. And uh, man, I think we can dive right in with the quarterbacks. And this guy's been no stranger, Dave, no stranger whatsoever to this space, Tua Tagovailoa, the number one quarterback entering Monday Night Football this week with 22.5 uh, fantasy points, the way we count them at Rotoviz. He was 21 on a 31, completed nearly 68% of his passes, 262 passing yards, sterling, three touchdowns and no interceptions. What do you see in some of the advanced metrics here? I mean, we don't have to riff too long on Tua because at this point, I mean, he's like one of the MVP candidates in the NFL, but yep. it is fun to keep checking in on week to week and, and review the excellence. Yeah, one of the higher ADOTs on the week at 8.8 uh, yards, um, you know, on average here per attempt, uh, some of the higher yardage that you're going to see there on terms of, of the air yards getting thrown per play this week, also pretty strong, not, not, you know, not as strong as like a Patrick Mahomes this week, but pretty good in terms of converting, 
um, the air yards that he did throw into receptions. Of course, some of that gets helped when you have players like Tyreek Hill uh, and Jalen Waddle yeah. on the yeah. end of those receptions. Uh, so, you know, like you said, we don't have to say too much about Tua. completed 68% of his passes did have 8.5 yards per attempt. So that kind of lands out near the a dot, which is always interesting, but just to know another terrific performance, uh, from the dolphins. Yeah. A, a name that has also been in the top five, uh, I think at least once before this week, but the performance was a little different this week because of his surrounding cast. Jared Goff comes in as the number two QB for the week so far. He was 30 of 44. That's a 68% completion percentage, 353 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And uh, I mean, for Mr. Goff, adding three yards on the ground, Dave, <laughs> uh, what, did, what did you see from this performance? I should note that Jamison Williams was back in the lineup for the Lions. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. how that affects Goff's advanced metrics, um, having that deep threat back in the lineup. Yeah, so what, the most interesting thing about Goff's performance here is that he had 353 passing yards, actually only put up 270 air yards, which is really interesting because if you look at somebody like Derek Carr, who also passed for 353, he had to put up 518 <laughs> Air yards. So for Jared Goff, I mean, this is supremely efficient. 1.3 in terms of pacer just shows what they have been doing in Detroit in terms of when they're completing passes, just really making them count. Uh, I mean, obviously they did throw 44 times, so it's not like it's, you know, all just being extremely efficient, but uh, great performance from Goff there. And I do think now that we see, uh, Williams is just going to add a whole nother dimension. We just got a little bit of a taste of it, but I think, you know, this is a player that we talked about coming out of school that we expect now adds a whole new element to this team. So good stuff from him behind him. We have Jalen hurts who we've talked about so much on the show. I don't need to. And then after that you have Patrick Mahomes, but I do want to talk here quickly about Sam Howell. Now the interesting thing, Curtis is Sam Howell, just 14 for 23 just 151 passing yards, but three touchdowns, which means that this man threw for a passing touchdown, like every like 4.3 uh, completions here, which is pretty wild. Not um, too shabby. Not too not shabby. shabby. Still did put up 218 air yards, though. Lower conversion rate, though, of 0. 0.7. Um and then Howell actually, who does have ability as a rusher, only adds three on the ground. So it's a really efficient performance, just 6.6 .6 yards per attempt here. Um, interesting to see what the commanders are doing. One of the things that I think is notable off of this too was the way that he got both backs kind of involved in the passing game too, uh, which is one of those things we were hoping we'd see the offense start to do with Eric Bieniemy there. The thing that I wanted, I, Howell here, as we uh, bring the quarterbacks to a close, I'm looking at the Rotoviz strength of a schedule streaming app and how, I mean, you know, the other guys we talked about, you know, even Goff, I mean, these are pretty much penciled into your lineup every single week. Obviously, Mahomes, Hurts, and Tua are. But a guy like Howell, you know, he was a popular best ball pick, but I think he's probably out there and available in a lot of, you know, casual fantasy football leagues out there on the waiver wire. And looking at our strength of schedule screen, uh, streaming app, he actually has the sixth best schedule over the next four weeks of the season that's really highlighted by an upcoming opportunity to play the eagles who uh, are really a fantasy buffet for opposing passing offenses but he's got a pretty neutral 
uh, matchups with the Giants, the Patriots, and the Seahawks in the other three weeks upcoming. So we're getting into some of these heavier bye weeks, and you're going to see, you know, players like Dak Prescott and, you know, Tua, who we just mentioned, Jared Goff, who we've talked about, uh, Brock Purdy, C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. Those are all court. Uh, those are all quarterbacks that have buys over the next four. So Sam Howell is an interesting pickup because of the efficiency, you know, that he's been able to bring to the table. He is putting those fantasy points up. So anything you want to add at the quarterback uh, position before we switch gears here, Dave? Yeah, I think the uh, the one other thing that I did want to mention that I, I kind of glossed over here, but I do think is worth calling out that Howell actually did have an A dot of 9.5, which was one of the stronger ones of the week. Actually, as I quickly peruse through the leaderboard here, the only other player that I see close to him would be Derek Carr and then Josh Dobbs. So good stuff from Howell there. We hope we get to see more. Um, Desmond Ritter actually did finish fairly high this week too, which was kind of surprising from somebody that was just checking back and forth on that game. Uh, but I think now what we will do is turn our attention toward running backs. Yeah. So for those of you listening on the podcast, we'll be back after a short message from our sponsors here on the YouTube stream. We're going to keep punching through here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, a name on a team that we will talk a lot about and that you and I have talked about a lot uh, prior. Raheem Moster, Curtis, 342 PPR, 17 rushes, 115 yards. That's 6.8 yards a carry. Also had two rushing touchdowns at 17 yards on three targets um, and one touchdown as a receiver, 30 yards after the catch on those. And if we zoom out here for a second and we just look at total points across the season thus far, you have Christian McCaffrey at running back behind him. You have... Raheem Mostert, a couple of things about Mostert here. Target share, 12.3. We don't know exactly what things are going to look like with Jeff Wilson in his return. We did see Miles Gaskin actually able to do something, I think scoring a touchdown for the Dolphins this week. But what you're going to continue to see for Mostert, I think, are these explosive type of games. He already has 139.4 PPR, as I said, only behind McCaffrey here by less than 10 points uh, right now. McCaffrey looking like a player that, or not McCaffrey, I should say, Mostert here looking like a player that's going to continue to make a difference. 
Yeah. One thing that I do want to note with the most dirt, I mean, we've got a Chan out for multiple weeks coming now. So this is his backfield again. Now, Jeff Wilson didn't play this past weekend after everyone kind of thinking that he was headed towards playing. So we'll have to see how that affects things. But I mean, Mostert's been so good. You can't think that Wilson's going to do much more than spell him here and there. And even in the week, the couple weeks where Mostert and the Chan had to share it. I mean, it's, it's not like things changed in terms of, you know, the big plays, you know, Wilson right. is also a big type a big play type guy, but Mostert and the Chan have that extra gear um, and a, a little bit slipperier uh, type backs. If, if we were going to see this affect Mostert in the coming weeks, I, I would think it would maybe be right in and around the goal line. But I mean, he's, he's headed for one of the most prolific uh, rushing touchdown seasons uh, in NFL history for a player of his age. I think I, I saw earlier today that John Riggins uh, set the mark with like 20 plus touchdowns as a 34 year old <laughs> running back. So, so uh, that's, that's what Mostert's gunning for there. One other thing that I'll, I'll mention about Mostert because, you know, he is really one of the true fantasy MVPs uh, of the season so far. And, and part of these stats are yeah, part of these metrics, I guess, from the strength of schedule streaming app are informed by the fact that these teams have played the Dolphins who have, you know, really run the ball very well. But over the first six weeks of the season, Miami had, uh, you know, a schedule among the, the top third in terms of easiest in the NFL. Over the next three weeks, in the three weeks leading up to the, the Dolphins' bye uh, week, the Dolphins have the second most difficult uh, matchups for uh, fantasy running backs. So, you know, will they opt to attack the Eagles through the air next week? I would think so, because they're almost impossible uh, to run on. And, you know, the, the Patriots and the Chiefs also, um, you know, defenses that are more susceptible through the air than, than on the ground. What's nice about Mostert is he is getting a couple of those dump offs and he's a threat to score uh, when he's on the edge. So you don't have to panic like you would maybe if he was, you know, one of those traditional ground and pounders. Who's who do we have at number two here, Dave? So we have a player that's putting together a really nice season here and that's Travis ETN. Um, in this contest goes for just 55 yards, but Finds the end zone twice. Uh, also saw three targets, caught all three of those, puts up 28 yards as a receiver, finishes with 23.3. If I zoom out here real quickly on Travis Etienne, guess what, Curtis? He comes in behind Raheem Mostert uh, and is the RB3 on the season. There's a pretty big gap, though. He has 115 in total. But what I think is worth noting here at this point, he has 113 rushing attempts in our leaderboard that puts him ahead of every other back that's included Jeez. in terms of total rushing attempts. And then also, if you look at targets, he's at 24 total targets, which is one of the higher totals um, and has a target share there of 13.3 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that this is noteworthy here because what we're seeing here now are some nice weeks. We're also seeing sustained production over the season. It's going to open up a question about where Travis Etienne should be getting valued in Dynasty, which is something we'll probably talk about in a future oh, yeah. DCC episode. I think so, because it's really just been an upheaval type season uh, for the <laughs> running backs, for sure. Um, yep. This, I mean, this is great. I mean, and we're enjoying this day because we've got Etienne on a pair of our main event teams. Sure. Uh, over on the FFPC where we play our high stakes ball, both dynasty and redraft. And I mean, we've, 
he's actually on both of our rosters that uh, going into Monday Night Football anyway, we had two rosters in the top 80, including a team that was about 40th overall. So, you know, we love to see this from ETN. Those Tank Bigsby uh, worries are way in the rearview mirror. Uh, RB3 on the week so far is Kyron Williams. Now, Kyron uh, did score 21.8 PPR again this past week, but it looks like he's going to be highly questionable. Right week seven and potentially missing multiple weeks. So, you know, one of the unsung heroes of the 2023 fantasy season so far might be a guy that you're looking to find replacement production for uh, in the upcoming week. So we'll, we'll follow there uh, with Dave on some of the advanced metrics driving this performance. If you want to hear uh, or get some answers, I guess, on who you could play instead of Kyron, be sure to tune in to Thursday's start sit show with Dave right here on the channel. Yeah, so I think that really all you need to know in this game, averaged almost eight yards per rushing attempt, um, 158 yards total on the game, also punched one in. Now, I think that one thing that people might be wondering about, and of course, you know, a little bit of, of the excitement of this gets taken off here by the fact that... Um, He's likely going to be out for a while. But uh, what I was zooming in on here was if you looked at some of the other metrics that you're going to see that we don't have yet in some of the tools, uh, like the advanced rushing metrics, where does he stack up? I'm going to do a quick, uh, quick little search here. We're going to find him. Now, this is something that's not available in the Monday review tool, uh, but would be available in our advanced stats tool. Uh, if you look at Kyron Williams... On the year, uh, 17 first downs, very aggressive rate. Um, in terms of broken tackles, though, and missed tackles, not quite as efficient as some of the other players we've been looking at. Um, if you look at players right now with over 30 carries and you look at their evasion percentage, which is what you get when you combine broken and missed tackles, uh, you're going to see that he comes in at 18, which actually a little bit better than I was expecting when I looked at just those raw numbers there. Uh, but just giving a highlight there of some of the other things that we do like to look at when we uh, you know, dig a little deeper onto the running backs. If you need to put in a waiver claim uh, for somebody just, you know, you're listening, it's Tuesday morning and you don't have time to read, you know, our waiver target article that's on rotoviz.com. I would encourage you to do that. Um, the team's doing a great job with that piece this week. But if you just need the easy name, Royce Freeman uh, is probably going to oh be the gosh, guy. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that, that Royce Freeman has popped back up. <laughs> well, I mean, Cam Akers is gone, man. So um, yeah, it's, Royce Freeman is probably going to give us a Zach Mossian type, um, not, not like... Not like high end Zach Moss, you know, from a couple weeks ago, but just traditional Zach Moss. Uh, you know, he he's a plotter uh, in the NFL, but you know, we might we might see 15 touches from him. So uh, he would be one of the easy plugins if you whiffed on some of those waiver targets last week, uh, namely the Arizona Cardinals running backs, <laughs> rounding out the top. Well, I, five actually, days. I had to retract something. I I okay. had filtered out the AFC to make it easier to find. Okay. To find Williams, he was actually 41 in evasion percentage in the league right now through first six games. All right. Yeah. I digress. All right. 
So, so RB four is Brees Hall. You know, yep. uh, this was well, this was a crazy game, man. The Jets getting it done. I mean, it's nuts, man. Between the Jets and the Browns' victories this weekend, I mean, the whole league was turned upside down. I mean, that was just crazy. Um, but it was great to see Brees. I mean, he was able to add to this this fantasy performance um, with some solid production um, through the air. You know, he had twenty point three PPR, uh, caught five balls. You know, actually only had five targets, so caught all of his targets. 54 receiving yards, including 53 of those were becoming yards after the catch. And I mean, not an efficient rushing day. Uh, it wasn't expected to be an efficient rushing day, but he had 12 carries, 39 yards, rushing touchdown. You know, he's looking you know, looking pretty good. I've been back and forth all season on him and, and Bijan Robinson and Dynasty as the overall RB1 moving forward. I've switched, flip-flopped on that a couple times. And I mean, these guys are making me reevaluate it every week. But I mean, mostly it's just great to see Brees, you know, have that burst and, and look so healthy. Dave, I want to get your takes though on the RB5 because we haven't seen this guy up near the top can much I, this year. Can I just share though a fun stat on Brees? About Brees? Okay. Because, okay. Uh, you know, oh, it's wow. easy to look at him and, and think about all of this explosion, but one thing that I actually think is worth calling out here is the fact that he leads the league uh, in yards after contact per attempt at 4.2. So Jeez. it's not just the explosion. He's also doing it after he's getting hit. But we can continue along now. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty, you know, there's a couple things there. You know, one, to, to tr- truly lead in that uh, category, if you have any sort of volume, it means that you are consistently piling on some of those yards after contact. But it also means you're getting some breakaway rushes where you're getting a lot of those yards after contact on on certain rushes. Yep. So there's a couple of things. I mean, I know you're the breakaway rush guy for the site, so you're going to put those types of metrics in here. Yeah. Um, but another guy who had a really big breakaway rush uh, this weekend, and it was awesome to see him rounding into some of his uh, vintage performances was Derrick Henry, Dave. 12 carries, almost 100 yards. Uh, give us the scoop on on Derrick before we move on to wide receiver. Yeah, so 8.1 yards uh, per carry, that long touchdown. Actually saw two targets converted, both of them put in, uh, 16 total receiving yards gets him to 19.3 on the day. Now, Derrick Henry, uh, if you look at yards uh, after contact per attempt, does come in 12th. No uh, surprise there. Also has been pretty solid in terms of picking up first downs. And if you look at um, total, uh, let's see, and I'm assuming we're going to find him here because we normally do. Yep, number nine in broken tackles. In terms of missed tackles, he's also coming in at number five. What do we take away from this? Well, might have taken him a little bit while to reach our leaderboard here on a Tuesday Take 5 episode, but a lot of the advanced metrics remain there for Derrick Henry. Something to note here, uh, I haven't seen the update today on Ryan Tannehill, but Malik Willis did have to come in and finish that game. Yep. So, you know, uh, that hasn't necessarily been good uh, when we've seen that up until now, but Tannehill's been really terrible. So will that offense take on a little bit of a different look? I mean, Ty J. Spears, um, you know, does look good enough that he's certainly not going to be going anywhere. Uh, But it is nice, you know, for those that invested, you know, those early round three picks in Henry when he was still available there to be getting some of that production uh, to pay off now as we get into the middle of the season. And we know, I mean, over the course of his career, his yards per attempt increases in every month of the season. You know, his Octobers are better than his Septembers. 
his Novembers are better than his Octobers. And his Decembers, he's usually, you know, he's he's a guy, he's the fantasy hammer in the playoffs. So um, that's that's what we know to be true about Derrick Henry. If you're listening on Road of His Radio, we're going to pause for a quick break from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will be on the wide receiver position. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Dave, let's break it down at the wide receiver position now. And uh, we had some pretty awesome performances from some of the biggest receivers and biggest names at wide receiver in, in football, rather. And, uh, you know, we got Amon Ross St. Brown, 30.4 points, uh, leading the way here in week six. And, you know, the, 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 the three guys after him aren't, surprises either i mean we've talked about adam thielen we've talked about tyree kill and cooper cup we'll get into those uh performances here but to tease people you know who are like uh, don't tell me more about tyree kill and cooper cup drake london top five so we're gonna have to talk a little bit about drake L- london because you get on a little bit of a heater here uh over the past couple of weeks so let's start back up at the top with the rsb and that detroit lions offense dave sure so we'll give the quick and dirty here um St. Brown, 15 targets, catches 12 of them. That's 80% catch rate, 124 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown, uh, had 66 air yards, but 67 yards after the catch, Curtis, and averaged up the target, interestingly here, just 4.4, which really does speak to what he was able to do with the ball once he had it in his hands. A conversion percentage here, though, of 1.879, which is very impressive, finishes with... 30.4 PPR, man, uh, which you always like to see. He outscored all quarterbacks, you know, pending Monday night. I mean, he outscored all quarterbacks. He and most are both. Yep. So St. Brown, just another really solid performance. On the year now, we have St. Brown. uh, Sorry about that. We have St. Brown with... 100 uh, PPR. I actually think I might need to hit refresh here. So why don't you queue up the next player? I think I've... Uh, it's Adam Thielen, the- maybe. <laughs> yes. It's Adam Thielen, man. I mean, I, I we're just going to victory lap Thielen every single week. I mean, every week that he's in here because no nobody likes Thielen as, as much as I did. And we got Dave on board and we took Thielen everywhere all across all of our portfolios. And yeah, I've been burned on this play in the past. It hurt me with Jarvis Landry a couple years ago, but you know you get these guys that just excel at getting open, and uh, you know he still excels at getting open. And Bryce Young is just driving the ball to him, man. Eleven receptions off of thirteen targets, went over hundred yards again, had another receiving touchdown, actually had one hundred twenty air yards, um, which was you know pretty nice given the type of role that he's got there. Twenty eight and a half PPR, wide receiver two on the week, and I mean this guy, like Dave, he's going to finish as a like a high end wide receiver one. I mean, that's, that's the path that he's on. I mean, he, his target shares over 30%. There's nobody that's going to really take any of that away from him in this Carolina offense. And I mean, as long as they don't get in a situation where 
you know, that they're, they're out of it and all his bumps and bruises start to matter a little bit more. I think this guy just like loves to play. I mean, you clearly, you don't sign with Carolina in your mid thirties as a receiver <laughs> and during a reboot, unless you do love to play. So you probably have to drag him off the field, but uh, it's great to see Thielen up here again. Tyree Kill and Cooper Cup at wide receiver three and four here. I mean, Tyree Kill now is is a substantial threat uh, in terms of pacing for a 2,000-plus receiving yard season just week after week after week after week. And Cooper Cup excelling in the Puka Nukua role. Um, <laughs> you know, and he, he's top five wide receiver since coming back. You know, I think with Kyron Williams out and, and that r- rushing attack taking on a little bit of a different shape there in L.A. over the next week or two, as we mentioned, breaking down the running backs, you know, they're going to lean even more into Cooper Cup. But, you know, if, if, if you were loving the production you were getting from Puka earlier in the season, you know, perhaps the next week or two, they'll be able to feature both of those guys a little bit more evenly. The guy we really want to talk about at the wide receiver position, Dave, is Drake London. You got to tell me about Drake London this week. And last week, because it really seems like he's picking up ahead of steam. You mentioned Ritter as kind of a, a bonus throw-in name when we were going over the quarterbacks. What's going on in Atlanta? How's Drake getting it done? So here is the most encouraging thing I could share with you. Drake London, target share of 55.3% across the last two weeks, has had 21 targets across those two games. Now, keep in mind, if you looked at like weeks one through three, for example... And I'm going to have to search for his name because he's not going to come up in the leaderboard. Drake London in weeks one through three had just 15 targets. In fact, if I extend it to four weeks and we look up London, uh, he only had 22 targets. So in his last two games, he's matched nearly the output that we saw for him in terms of opportunity from the first two weeks. Beyond that, Curtis, he also has... um, a whopper of 1.35 in that stretch, which I think is a pretty good rate to see for him in comparison to what we saw in the beginning of the season. dot of 11.2, one of the higher players in our leaderboard there, also has 236 air yards, an air yard share of 74.4. Now, this is really notable because one of the things that you would worry about in an offense like Atlanta is it's not going to be a team that's necessarily going to use London downfield and put him in opportunities to use all of his talents and all the things that we think he could do. Starting to look like there's going to be more of an opportunity there for him and he's getting used in ways that are going to allow him to continue to have good performances. You know, as I mentioned here, one of the uh, one of the things in this 21.5 point performance this week was 132 air yards on an A dot of 11. This is just a big difference Uh, When you get a player like London, that type of opportunity, because we've believed he's a good player, he's starting to show it. And, you know, if you get a guy like this 10 targets a game, it's only, you know, a matter of time here before he starts to really break break some big plays and continues to, you know, land in in leaderboards like this. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons are going to become an aired out offense over the back half of the season, no matter how much we might want them to. But if, if Drake, I mean, over the past two weeks, he's got a 55.3% target share. If he's going to get half the targets, you know, he can continue this type of production. Drake London is one of only five wide receivers in uh, over the past two weeks with 15 or more uh, receptions. He is also 
uh, one of only eight wide receivers with over 200 receiving yards over the past two weeks. And he didn't get a touchdown either of these weeks either. But if he had, I mean, we'd be talking about him, you know, near the tippy top of, of production from a fantasy perspective. He is a wide receiver nine over the past two weeks with 36.2 PPR. But again, you know, if he had scored even one touchdown, he would be the wide receiver uh, seven over the period. So, you know, it's nice to see this turn around a little bit. And some of the other guys in Atlanta are producing uh, through the air a little bit more than we saw in September. So maybe there's a little bit of untapped upside there. But the nice thing for London is, you know, that commanding target market share. So if he was a guy that you were looking more at as a you know rotational flex because of how the first month of the season went, I think based off of the strength of the last two weeks, I'd be asking myself questions like, why wouldn't I start? Uh, Drake London in week seven versus, you know, why should I start him? Right. Um, if we turn towards tight end also, Curtis, I think this is maybe, gosh, the first time in, I can't even remember how long that we get to talk about a certain player here in a positive light, which is going to be interesting. All right. Well, we'll be back after this quick break on the podcast and we'll break it down, bring it home with the tight end position in just a minute. One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending a live event. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person. It is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats. And that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets on their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and Use the code RODOVIS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RODOVIS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Dave, let's break down tight ends from the top. Take it away. Sure. So, Travis Kelsey, uh, nine targets, nine receptions, 124 yards. 21.4 PPR. I don't think we need to talk about that anymore. Dalton Schultz, though, it is kind of interesting. You know, makes the transition over from Dallas. Gets paired up with a rookie in CJ Stroud, who is looking like what we expected him to be, which has been really exciting. Great to see him start to develop a relationship here with his tight end. Schultz goes four for seven, uh, 61 receiving yards and finds the end zone for a touchdown was actually pretty good too. in converting um, 
the air yards that he did see into yardage of 1.17 uh, for tight end. That's a pretty strong rate. Finishes with 16.1. Bringing us to Kyle Pitts, who saw six targets, did complete four of them for a completion rate here of 67%, just 43 yards. That alone, I actually think, would have been for Kyle uh, Pitts, you know, a game that was maybe a step in the right direction, but also does find the end zone, punches one in, and that allows him to score 14.3 points, also added 21 yards after the catch on those four receptions. Uh, Kyle Pitts makes his way into our leaderboard. The unfortunate thing, though, here, right, Curtis? Yeah. Yeah. The name directly yeah. underneath him is Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith goes four for five. He was more efficient, gets 36 yards, and also scores a receiving touchdown. Now, of course, this is problematic because people were expecting that if things broke correctly here for tight ends in the Falcons offense, you could consolidate Pitts yeah. and Smith into one player. Across the season now, if we look at tight ends in Atlanta, if I could get my sliders to work here, and we look at Atlanta, you have Jonu Smith at 57.2 PPR, Kyle Pitts at 52.7. Good news is Kyle Pitts is ahead in targets by six um, and has about a 4% higher target share Nonetheless, though, pretty wild that this is how things have played out. Well, by my ma quick math, that was 107 PPR combining the two. Now, it was not reasonable that, you know, Pitts would get all of the tight end looks in the offense ever. But just to kind of paint the picture there, uh, Travis Kelsey is the tight end one through the first six weeks of the season with 88.6 PPR. So the consolidated role in Atlanta would be really valuable. And if you look over just the last two weeks where uh, things started changing a little bit in the mm -hmm. Atlanta offense, uh, Kyle Pitts is the tight end four over the past two weeks, and Johnny Smith is the tight end eight. Um, and they would be the fantasy wide receiver one over the past two weeks if you had combined that uh, production. Or even if you gave half of Johnny's uh, production to Pitts, it would bump him to the tight end two, just a point and a half behind Kelsey. So that that's kind of what you're looking at. I mean, you know, they're serving different purposes in the offense, but you know, it is nice, you know, for some of these Kyle Pitts drafters to get bailed out. We were not among them. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't get too hot. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to, you know, wish anybody else bad luck uh, on their season. So that's a developing situation to look at in Atlanta. The tight end five on the week, Dave, is a name that I think is going to be really hot on the waiver wire. You know, there's been a lot of talk of other rookie tight ends, namely Sam Laporta. Um, we've been waiting on Dalton Kincaid to kind of break out. Haven't seen that quite happen yet. But Michael Mayer, uh, who was kind of the all-around poster child at the tight end position in this year's draft class, finally starting to get it done. 12.5 PPR this week. Uh, pretty impressive performance there for the Raiders. Uh, caught five of six targets for 75 receiving yards, uh, 49 air yards, pretty decent number uh, for tight ends. That's usually going to be tight end one type numbers if you can get that type of air yardage. Uh, 34 yards after the catch and a respectable 8.2 ADOT as well, Dave. You know, the Raiders, they've got to have 
Yeah, I think that third that third option there, regardless of who's at quarterback, will help propel Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers to continue to doing what they're they're doing. I mean, Devontae is just such an amazing perimeter weapon, and Jacoby, you know, doing his thing in the slot. But now you start having to pay attention to the tight end, and that offense can really open up for the other pieces and and maybe even for Josh Jacobs there a little bit. So this is an encouraging sign. I mean, a lot of rookie tight ends never have a game of, you know, five for 75 in their rookie season. So um, what are you thinking about Michael Mayer? Is he a player that you would add uh, to your fantasy roster this coming week, or would it just be, you know, depending on, you know, whether you needed a tight end? Well, I think just the first thing I would say is that it's encouraging when you can see a top five tight end performance from a rookie tight end that does not score a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, we know that performances yeah. like this for young tight ends matter, and they generally signal very good things to come. Uh, I do like Mayer. The one thing you probably have to look at here, though, is what is Garoppolo's health looking like, right? If you're trying to look and add him this week, it might not be the perfect time to do it. Um, but if I am looking for a player that I think I might be able to use or need for a couple of weeks to contribute, yeah, I definitely think, you know, he's a player that you're going to look at. And I think as far as the tight end waiver wire goes right now, if you are trying to get into a player that could become uh, a week-to-week potential option for you at tight end. It might be hard in most leagues to find an option better than him right now. Um, you know, So if you need a couple of weeks, maybe he's your guy. If you're looking just for this week, then of course you do have to pay attention to what happens with Garoppolo. Yeah, I don't think unless you're desperate, you can go ahead and roll him out this week. It, it, it's really more of a speculative ad. You're waiting to see you know, if he's going to be uh, trustworthy. I will point you know, those listening or those watching, you know, if you are a Rotoviz sub during the season, you sometimes on these rookies, it's nice to go in and check out our prospect box score scout when you start to see some of this production from the rookies to get an idea of, you know, hey, what could we expect or, you know, who was their prospect cohort? And so for those of you that aren't as familiar with Michael Mayer or, you know, some of the reasons why you would want to consider adding a player like this, uh, some of his top sims from our tools as a prospect are Tyler Eifert, Zach Ertz, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, those are the, the, all the uh, three names that show up in his top five uh, Sims from our tool. You know, and obviously those are all guys that have had major, major fantasy implications uh, in some of their best seasons. You also see some names like David Njoku, Jermaine Gresham, Martellus Bennett, and Eric Ebron, uh, even Noah Fant. I mean, there's really not any huge total whiffs uh, in his top 10 Sims, even in terms of fantasy relevance. You know, obviously some of those names are higher end than others, but Michael Mayer, a name to keep an eye on, even if you can't fit him in or jam him into your waiver plans for this week, he's probably not going to be a universal ad. Uh, maybe just click that watch list button if the fantasy site that you play has that option for you. Well, Dave, that gets us through all of the positions for tonight. I know we're going to be back later this week with Dynasty Command Center and the Thursday night start sit show. Is there any parting words that you've got? Uh, for the crew here before we log off. No, just, uh, you know, we're already six weeks through. Make sure that you enjoy it. And for those of you with competitive teams, I honestly think it might already be time to start thinking about getting ahead a couple of weeks for your DSTs. Um, You know, if you have a good team that's competing at this point, you know, I'm looking at some of them and I know there might be a couple of players that are never getting in my lineup. I'm going to go to Rotoviz. I'm going to open up the Strength of Schedule streaming app and look for some defenses with good games in the upcoming stretch to get me to the playoffs. And 
we will talk to you on Thursday. So make sure that you uh, check us out and help us uh, join in on the Start Sit Show. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.